This is exactly right. Welcome to the mini-sode. How you doing, Scotty? I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm good. The smoke is finally b- blown away. I can see the view out my back window again, and not just uh, like a thick London fog that I know is Toxic. secretly <laughs> taking five years off my life. <laughs> yeah. No kidding, yeah. man. But I'm good, bud. How are you? Good. But that whole, the smoke, just the, the, the fi- wildfire smoke Ugh. just made me like, why did I quit? Smoking. Why? Just so angry. <laughs> but it does finally feel here in yeah. Los Angeles. It's finally fall, which is so nice. October it's nice. 20th. It's just become fall. Uh, 70 degree I, days. Um, I'm loving it. You know it. this, Kurt. What? <clears throat> I isolate hard. I stay in. I don't go out. I, I thank God I'm a writer. I do it. But I've slowly been taking walks in the neighborhood or hikes in Elysian Park. And uh, I decided just sometimes things just click in your brain. And you're like, I'm going to do that now. And sometimes people buy a, a bonsai tree. And sometimes people take a cooking lesson. I just decided I'm going to go to the west side and just take long beach walks by myself. That's great. <laughs> That's the best. I'm going to go park and I'm going to walk for 45 minutes along the surf. And I'm going to turn around and walk 45 minutes back. It will change. It'll change your day. I, I promise you. If you, you want to join me for a socially distant one. I love that idea. We should record. Okay. We should record one while walking along the sand. Yeah. We, you and I, just in life, not even for this silly podcast, we need to get those Garth Brooks microphones with the headset, with the little uh, mic, uh, you know, that you can just wear. And yeah. then we can wear these little Zoom recorders on our hips, on oh, our yeah. board shorts. <laughs> we can do a walking, let's do a walking podcast from Santa Monica to Venice. I, I love it. I'm in. Uh, so as you guys know, uh, minisodes, these minisodes are all your stories, your bananimal stories. Uh, Scott, yep. do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, and thanks for sending me in. Keep DMing them to the Bananas Podcast. You can email them to thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. And, or, uh, I've been getting a lot of good ones uh, called in on the Bananas phone. Feel free to call me. We can scan it. And I'll tell you, I'll be like, hey, that's great. Do you mind sending it to me in a paragraph or two? And thank you to everyone who did. Kurt and I are doing at least a dozen more of these this year. So uh, we'll get to you. Thanks for sending it in. This one came in from Paul Anthony texted it to me on the bananas phone mm-hmm. 213-214-7974 here's a story for you i think it would take more than a minute to tell so i'm going to write it in 2004 i went on tour with a band called the uprising we existed for that one tour only two guys wrote and recorded a little demo we flew from new york to florida learned the songs in day and hit the road on the way uh, to the second tour date, we stayed at a rest stop on the Bridgeway, which is, for those who don't know, uh, in Louisiana, it's the elevated... Oh, no, excuse me. Uh, this is in Florida. It's the elevated highway between swamps and the bayou. 
A nice attendant at the stop told us where we could pitch a tent so trucks wouldn't accidentally run over us. <laughs> he sounded, uh, I, I, he sounded, and I kid you not, exactly like the farmer dude from The Water Boy. So I guess that shit isn't made up. Uh, he woke us up at the crack of dawn before his shift en- ended because the next guy would be coming in and would be very pissed to see a tent. As I came out of the tent to my left, a hundred yards away, uh, two guys were wrestling a fucking alligator. <laughs> I've, n- <laughs> I've never packed up a tent so fast in my life. That's not the end of the story, Kurt. After that, we met up with another band I was friends with from New York called Insult, Insult to Tradition. I think they were a kind of ska band. Anyways, we play Lafayette, Louisiana in this dirt club. They let us drink for free. Uh, he says in parentheses, I turned 18 at the end of the tour. So that's exciting to be yeah. 17 and drinking in a band. That's that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. Paul Anthony, you're killing it. He's a bass player. Uh, so that was cool. The singer from the other band met this young lady named Billie Jean. They made out for a bit, and then our bands uh, went had to play. While loading up the van after playing, Billie Jean popped out of nowhere and slipped a finger right into our drummer's butt. <laughs> he uh got to the hole and yelped and was freaked the fuck out a few minutes later i'm talking to the guy she made out with earlier she comes up from behind him and says quote you're never gonna forget billy jean and proceeded to bite his neck so hard it got infected the next day (laughs) (laughs) the next time i see him years later you could still make out a little scar uh, so 20 or so minutes go by and I see Billie Jean sitting on a bench with a little person between her legs, standing between her legs and making out. A few minutes later, they get into his Jeep and beep the horn so long so everyone knows Billie Jean is going to fuck this dude. <laughs> Wild night. Lafayette is otherwise a shit fucking hole. Paul Anthony. Thank you, Paul. Band on the run, baby. <laughs> oh, man. I love Billie Dude. Jean. She is not going to be forgotten. Dude. I hope she Billie is. Jean She's is gonna still give you a alive and kicking. Oh, my gosh. They're, those bar flies down there. Have you ever had like a psycho like that after a show or like somebody follow you around like that? No, not really. I did do a show in Lafayette, and I had, I had a blast. It was like a really great show. Was it like a weird kind of sports bar but it was put on by like these comics who live in lafayette and like have a great crowd come out and it was like a really fun crowd of people who had no idea who the fuck i was and it was it was a real treat real treat i um i've told you this story kurt i'm gonna do a very abridged version since this is a mini so but maybe we'll do this in uh chat maybe i'll spread this story over a couple different episodes so when I was living uh, in Pensacola, I lived with a girl named Sally. Uh, my rent was $213 a month, and I was waiting tables and making about $200 a night cash because it was the beach crowd. One morning, I wake up, and Sally had her friends over for the first time. She was we're same age, 20-ish, something like that. I was probably 19. And... Uh, there was only one dude. It was all women playing beer pong in the garage. I was just thrilled that she had a social life. And there was a guy named Chet. And Chet was like a big guy. He was probably 22 or 23 from there's, the area. There's no little Chets. I'm going to tell no. you right now. There's no little Chets. And so the the women are largely ignoring me. And I'm just cracking some jokes and drinking beers with these guys. And it was actually pretty fun. It was the first time I'd socialized with my roommate. 
And Chet's laughing at everything I'm saying. He thinks I'm the funniest. And he's like, do you want to go to the beach? And I was like, sure. And the beach is really close. And so all of us, the whole entourage goes to the beach. At the beach, the women are kind of like doing their own thing. And Chet's like, you're so funny, dude. Do you want to go drink beer? And I'm like, I'm only 19, man. And he goes, oh, I know every bouncer and bartender here. He's like, we're good, dude. So we go to three bars. And they don't let me in because I don't have ID. They weren't assholes. They were just like, nah, dude, you got to show us something. And I didn't have it. I didn't even have my my <laughs> that one that you've seen before. Um, so he goes, I know a place. So we drive to Alabama. Uh, and Pensacola and Florabama, it's pretty close. It's probably like we probably drove for 45 minutes. Uh, I'll leave out a bunch of details. I'll tell in a different version of the story. But we finally get at sundown to a swamp bar, a bar built over a swamp. Wow. Um, we go down a dirt road to get there. It looks out of a like, it looks like out of a com- um, music video for like John Fogarty or something. So we go in, and I'm wearing bright floral blue board shorts. Mm-hmm. I'm 19 and skinny, and so I have like a small T-shirt on. I've never um, been to Alabama, and it is low coals only, crazy. I walk up to the bar. And I order a rum and coke. I don't know why. Chet's like, go get us drinks. He gives me the money. He goes to the bathroom. I get it. I go to drink. And the guy sitting next to me, this Alabama, I mean, just bottled nose, like ornery, redneck, 40 years old, reaches over, pulls the straw out of my drink before I'm allowed to drink. And I'm just trying to be cool and blend in. And I know I don't have an ID. Like It was yeah. intense. All eyes on me. Um. And I go, uh, what'd you do that for? And he goes, no, man, I ever knew you drank out of a straw. And I go, why is that? He goes, you might as well put a big old dick in your mouth. <laughs> so I go, oh, I didn't know. I get a picture that Chet wanted. I take my drink. I walk away and I just sit down. And Chet's like, hey, let's play pool. Let's shoot some pool. So, you know, the thing about bars that you feel uncomfortable in is after a minute, people stop looking at you. Yeah. You're like, everybody just goes back to their drink or the game or flirting with the bartender, whatever they're doing. So we're shooting pool, and it's quiet, and Chet's like, go put some music on. And, he, and I go, okay. So I go over to the jukebox, and as soon as I get to the jukebox, I feel somebody approach me, and this woman, th- she wasn't Billie Jean, but she was a version, in like Daisy Dukes and this black tank top, just looking bad, missing teeth, not looking healthy. Um, you know, like long smokers, you know, when people smoke really long and they have those like crevasses in their face. Yeah. They're always more than hundreds. Yeah. And the wrinkles go deep. Like you feel like they they would drain water. She goes, Hey boy. And I'm like, Hey, how are you? And I put in Doobie Brothers Blackwater because I'm like, this feels like a safe choice. She goes, Doobie Brothers, you go boy. And I go, okay. I was like, you like the Doobie Brothers? She goes, oh, yeah, I love Blackwater. And music starts, and everybody's, like, fine with it. And then she goes, what are you two doing here? And I'm like, oh, I'm just shooting pool with my friend Chet. And she goes, $15, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> so, so. Oh, my $15? Yeah, so the guy at the bar taking my straw out is accusing me of wanting <laughs> To suck a dick. And then I go, and this woman is offering to go down on me. (laughs) And I go, I'm good. She goes, we can go around back for $20. You can be the king of this castle. So I'm like, no, I'm good. Uh, I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. But I'm like, I'm dating somebody. I'm just going to hang with my friend. (laughs) So I go back over. And Chet's like, 
what was that about? And I'm like, she just propositioned me to go out back. He's like, there's an out back. (laughs) (laughs) So we go out back and it's rickety boards over a Alabama gator swamp. I mean, if whatever she wanted to do out there, I would have probably gotten tetanus and lost a foot (laughs) and then gotten every STD known (laughs) to man. And I'll end it there, but it went on for two more hours. It was crazy. I love that also that you don't know Chet. That Chet's someone else's Never friend. Never saw him again. <laughs> Never saw him again. That, that'll be part three of the Chet saga. Magic Chet. First time proposition. First time, I don't know. And you know, I didn't drink out of a straw for like <laughs> 20 years. Not at all because I was afraid of, yeah. I don't know, uh, no, nothing homophobic. It was out of just that moment. It was so insanely bold, and I'll never forget his voice, that I was like, you know what? Cheers to this crazy guy for not shooting me when I was walking out of this bar. <laughs> Awful. Awful. All right, you ready for a story? Hit me, buddy. Uh, this is coming in from Kemper slash Junk Yarn. Cool. Uh, the username at Raybot. On Instagram. Thanks, uh, enclosed, a story about head panties. Hi, Bananimals. Oh. I've been listening since the first episode, <laughs> and Bananas has de- definitely made this pandemic more bearable for yours truly. Anywho, yes. after listening to the episode with the pepper ashes, I knew I had to send oh, in yeah. my grandma story. Uh, as oh, long yeah. as I can remember, my grandma wore a pair of very large beige pink undies to bed on her head. <laughs> she... <laughs> Put them on so that her eyes and nose were inside the underwear and her thin gray hair was sticking out through the leg holes with just her mouth visible. (laughs) When I asked my mom why grandma did this, she said more than once, oh, those are just head panties, as if that explained things. Yeah. Long after my grandma was gone, I asked what the head panties were actually for and why my mom never wanted to explain it. She said my grandma had sinus issues and liked to, quote, keep her forehead warm. But I still think I'm only getting part of the head panties (laughs) story to this day. I'm not sure what happened to said panties after her death, but I wish now that I'd asked to have them, if only to freak out my very prim and proper Southern family. One of my favorite memories of my otherwise grumptastic grandma is of sleeping on her couch and waking up to her eating a handful of Oreos in the kitchen with her head panties pulled up so she can see. (laughs) Hope this story at least makes you chuckle. Stay safe and stay weird. Kemper from Raleigh, North Carolina. Wow. That's a great Great story. story. Yeah. (laughs) I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of head panties. This is a, this is very, very unique. My goodness. That is a weird one. I do remember. Yeah, please. When I was a kid, probably 12, Mm -hmm. like I just, I, it was that age of being a child where you don't, like, you know, and this is maybe doesn't even exist anymore because kids have the internet, but like you knew sex was something, but you didn't know what it was. You just knew that you like felt crazy when you saw like a certain commercial or something, right? Yeah, sure, of course. And I <laughs> remember doing this. I so I had a poster of myself. Normal. It was a photograph <laughs> normal. <laughs> <laughs> it was from Great Adventure. So it was like a dot oh, matrix you. printed out photograph and it said cool. wanted dead or alive and then it was a picture of my like 5-year-old head. Uh-huh. Um, 
And so, you know, it was like a, you know, thing yeah. from, from Six Flags Great Adventure. It's cute. And yeah. so that was on the wall. And then if you lifted that up underneath the poster, I had gone into Sears catalogs, uh-huh. uh, like oh. any catalog I could find, and just cut just the breasts out oh. of... Oh. <laughs> like you were focused. serial killer. <laughs> just the, like, underwear, like underwear models. So it's just, yes. just the breasts cut out of underwear models and oh. then taped up just... Yes. Ra- just randomly, and then I found like yes. my uncle's Playboys, and then cut again just the breasts out and taped yep. them to the wall underneath this poster. And then I would charge children in the neighborhood a quarter to stare oh. at this <laughs> sea of disembodied breasts. It was a peep show early on. The breasts without women is super fucking disturbing. It's so yeah. upsetting. They're completely without context. <laughs> it makes no sense. It is like the it is the epitome of what is wrong with like the twelve year old American boy mind. Do you know what oh I mean? Oh my yeah, I do. It, yeah. You had a local peep show. Yeah. That's mostly so... underwear bottles. Is so Ugh. If I saw, I am so happy my mom never found that. Because if she did, she would be like, he's, he's psychotic. I need to put him into an institution. <laughs> if I found that, it's just so upsetting. Still yeah. Well, right. You're a parent now, so it is like a little different. I mean, you'll be understanding. The cool thing is you and Lauren are going to be so understanding about so many things because you've lived such interesting lives. Yeah. Like, you're, It'll be a, a more of a challenge for you guys to be like, this is what normal people do, and this is the line in the sand we're drawing right now. That's what um, I, I had. A, the, I, we already had an argument like this, Lauren and I, because I think I'm probably, between the two of us, I'm kind of on the weirder side than Lauren is. Sure. And Olive was calling her, she was referencing, you know, we, we talk about her vagina so that she has to clean her vagina. But I was yes. like, that's not proper. Like, it should be her vulva, you know? So she should talk uh-huh. about, like, I have to wipe my vulva after going to the bathroom because that's technically, okay. biologically what that is. Yes. Uh, and so I had her calling it her vulva, and, and Lauren was like, you can't do that. She's yes. going to say vulva to somebody, and then people are, no one's going to know what, they're going to be like, that's a vagina. And then she's like, no, it's a vulva. And I'll be like, she would be right. And Lauren's like, it doesn't matter if she's right. It's just, yes. everybody calls it a vagina. Yes, you listen to your wife on this one 100% of the time. Let the wife decides this decision. And I'm like, but she's right. She's like, she'd just be a weirdo who's right. I'm like, that's better. She's like, that's you. That's you. You're the weirdo. (laughs) Well, yeah, you'd give her a permanent nickname for the rest of her life. That's for sure. Like, oh, God, you didn't invite Volva, did you? Uh, yeah, those I, I saw. I'm team Lauren on this one, but also you, I, I know what you're saying. That's really so funny because, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I it's mean, it's got to be the most fun part about being a parent is just seeing that the kids are a cocktail of you, of two people and the environment. And it's got to be fun. It's got to be cool. Oh, it's totally cool. Yeah, it's really, it's the best. This is the best thing I've ever done. I remember having one of those. It's like that pang. It's like, like you said, like the internet and stuff like that, and just phones, just kids being able to share stuff. It's, I'm sure it's very challenging. Uh, but you know, back in the day when we just had to feel an urge that we didn't understand yeah. and not know what to worked, do. and you know, 
and you know, you and I went to Catholic school, and it's like uh, we had to do family life. And by the time I was in sixth grade, which and for those who don't know, family life is sort of like their way to teach you the birds and the bees, and but yeah. it's all like, hey, you fall in love, you get married, you have as many kids as you can, <laughs> have eight kids, please, <laughs> have as many kids as possible. You're Catholic, we need you. Um, but I was at. Uh, remember when like your parents would take you and a friend, your mom would take you and a friend to the mall and yeah. you would just walk around and she would go shopping. Mom yeah. goes to JCPenney, you go to the surf shop or the candy store, or the you know food court, the arcade if you're lucky. And uh, I was with my buddy Steve and it was around Christmas and my parents were both there and they're both doing Christmas shopping and I went into a Walden Books. It was the only bookstore mm-hmm. in the Owings Mills Mall, which I think is gone i think the era of the mall is gone i think owings mills went with it and i saw a some adult had in the magazine rack had put the anna nicole smith that year pictorial it was all it was only her it wasn't a regular playboy it was like here's your christmas it's like get this for your horny husband this christmas or (laughs) yep you know it was weird it was at eye eye um height eye level and i like looked at the cover and was so overcome with like a like well that's what I like I she and for those who don't know Nicole Smith R.I.P. just the curviest blonde American bombshell type that of that era and I stole that I stole <gasps> that Playboy it's you one did. of the only things I've ever stolen how did you and, steal it did you put it up your shirt oh I did it like I do everything with a plan executed slowly over two hours. <laughs> I first was, I indicated to Steve, uh, that I, holy shit. Then I moved it to the photography section of oh, the bookstore between right. national G Ge- no to national geographic oh. books to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. coffee table books. So it's somewhere else. It's towards the back. Then I leave. Then I come back in, you know, half an hour later, hour later, you know, normal 10 or 11 or 12-year-old thing to do. And I just peruse, and it's busy. Thank God. When people used to go to bookstores before Amazon killed them all, it was kind of fun. People bought books. And so then I just, I cased it. I looked for cameras. I looked for security. I, you know, I was really on edge, but I had to have this magazine. (laughs) And then I came back about an hour after that, after checking with the parents, and they're like, "Okay, we're going to leave. Meet us at Imaginarium at you know eight thirty. And I I rolled it and I stuffed it down my left jean leg, of right against my hip, and pulled my belt tight so it would hold. It was one of those belts that were so popular back then that was just like weaved, yeah. woven leather. Mm-hmm. Just yanked it and then walked out. Just walked straight out. And I remember like heart racing. My friend looking behind us to see if he's like nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. Got home, looked at it. We both looked at it, and then I got so nervous that I was going to get caught with it. Like a week later after school, like I had like, oh my god, somebody's going to find this. I threw it down a storm drain. <laughs> That's how like they the get cla- there. Yeah. That's how they get there. Yeah, nervous 11-year-olds. I was like, mom and dad <laughs> won't find it here. Walk. There was one, thankfully, just at the end of our right. property, and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, clown from it. Enjoy. (laughs) Pennywise, (laughs) we're pulling for you. Well, that's it. We made it, Scotty. We made another mini-sode. It's good talking to you, brother. I'm so glad I get to see you once or twice a week on Zoom. Zoom. Thank Uh, you, Bananimals. Thank you, Bananimals. Bananas.
This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas.